ends every Thursday. This is Dr. John Hunt for Pet Sounds 2.0, coming to you at 10 a.m. every fourth Thursday of the month. This will be a live call-in show in which I will interview guests covering all aspects of pets and pet care and anything animals. This is Dr. John Hunt for Pet Sounds 2.0, coming to you at 10 a.m. on every fourth Thursday of the month on WERU. Support for WERU comes from Village Soup, the Republican Journal, providing the communities of Waldo, Knox, and Hancock Counties with news, information, ideas, events, goods, and services on newsstands Thursdays and on the web at waldo.villagesoup.com. A voice of many voices, WERU-FM 89.9 Blue Hill, and on the web at WERU.org, grassroots community radio. And it all comes because of you. And thank you very much to everyone who contributed or volunteered during our recent spring Funathon pledge drive. Fritz said, you can go on WERU.org and pledge if you haven't pledged. You can call right now because Susan's at the phone, 469-6600. We're still looking for about $2,000 to get up to our, our goal of $14,000. We can do it. We still have some time before the end of the quarter. And if you're a potential new member, we still need to find 25 of you. So don't hesitate to call if you want to support WERU. It's so important to think about the future, to think about how we can keep this place going in the future. 469-6600. Do it while you think of it and do it right now. 469-6600. It's 4 o'clock and it's time for Main Currents. And this is Maine Currents, independent local news, views, and culture. I'm your host, Amy Brown. And today we are once again hosting a tripartisan or maybe even quadropartisan discussion of the upcoming presidential election. My guests in the studio today are local Republicans Renee Trust and Billy Bob Falkingham, Democrats Margaret Hanna and Tim Wilson, and Betsy Gerald at Green. I'm going to have them each say a few words, and then we'll be opening the phone lines and taking your calls. But before we do that, I want to just repeat what I said last time, which is we're going to keep this discussion civil. Tough questions are absolutely encouraged. And like I said, we'll be opening the phone lines and welcoming you to do that. But we're also going to all keep in mind that we're all still going to be neighbors and that we're Mainers. And regardless of who becomes president, that's probably not going to change. We're going to keep things civil. Also, uh, swearing is an FCC no-no. So that's the one other thing that we will shut down any calls for doing. So uh, I think we started on my left last time, so we'll start on my right this time. Have everyone say a few words, introduce yourself so people get to associate your voice with your name and maybe what candidate you support and why, and then we'll open the phone lines. And I have all kinds of questions, and these folks have come up with questions for each other, so we've got a lot to cover. Hi, I'm Betsy Gerald. I'm a former state party chair for the Maine Green Independent Party. I am supporting um, the probable Green can uh, nominee, who's Dr. Jill Stein, um, because, and I support any of the Green candidates because they are non-corporate candidates. All right. Hi, Tim Wilson uh, from Belfast. I'm an independent Democrat, I'd say, and I, my measuring stick for picking candidates is health, peace, and prosperity, so I feel like Bernie is the clear choice in the major parties, and that's why I'm uh, supporting him. All right. Hey, I'm Billy Bob Falkenham from Winter Harbor, Maine, and I'm a libertarian-leaning Republican. Um, I don't endorse anyone yet for president, but I do endorse Bruce Proloquin for Congress. All right. That microphone up. We're sharing mics here. Hi, I'm Renee. Um, thanks for having me back, Amy. And back. Um, I'm from Franklin, and I'm just a political grassroots activist, and I don't really have a candidate either, but I am enjoying the discussion and look forward to today's show. Hi, thank you for having me back. Okay. I'm Margaret Hanna from Blue Hill, Maine, and I am uh, going to follow Rolling Stone's endorsement. I endorse Hillary Clinton for president. Rolling Stone, in their endorsement, said she is the most qualified candidate for the presidency in modern times, and I agree. All right. So many of these voices you'll recognize from the last time we did this. This is going to be a regular recurring uh, team of people with some alternates uh, 
coming in and out. Uh, we Billy Bob is here for the first time this time, and he may be alternating. We'll be talking with him later. And Margaret has been alternating with Steve Godso, who was here last time representing uh, Hillary Clinton supporters. But for the most part, we'll have a pretty standard team. And as we get closer to the elections, we may start covering some of the uh, things that are going to be on the ballot in Maine, including referenda. So... Um, We'll welcome any calls that you have, any questions, issues, or comments that you want to make. Today we're focusing on the national presidential elections, and the number to call in is 469-0500. Again, 469-0500. That's a local number into the studio. And if you would rather call toll-free, the number is 1-866-625-9378. Again, one 866 Six two five nine three seven eight. John Greenman's engineering today. He'll take your call. He's just going to make sure that uh, you're calling to be on the air rather than patching through any wrong numbers or telemarketers to us. That's all the screening that we do. He'll put you through, and you can make whatever comment you would like to make or ask a question of uh, folks in the studio, which they will do their best to try to answer. And while we're waiting for the phones to light up, I have some questions, and uh, we'll also start getting some out of our watering can today where we put the questions that the folks in the studio have for each other. Last night there were reports that there were riots or at least some violence that broke out outside a Trump rally in New Mexico. There have been reported uh, phone and text threats made against the chairwoman of the Nevada Democratic Party, allegedly by Sanders supporters. Trump has excused, and backing up to the, the uh, Nevada and the, and the Sanders supporters, although uh, stories about chairs being thrown have been found to be greatly exaggerated, if not completely fabricated. So want to clarify that. There's not any evidence that ever happened. Um, Donald Trump has excused or even um, been accused of encouraging violence against protesters at his events. Some of this may be strategical. I've personally witnessed agents provocateurs instigating police riots at big rallies and protests and national things around this country. So I always wonder if there's an element of that when I see news footage like things that happened last night. And there's also the possibility of somebody strategically creating problems to make their candidate look better. But all of that aside, people are really, really fired up, unlike anything that probably most of us have seen in our lifetimes in presidential races. So I'd like to ask you each to kind of weigh in on your thoughts about how your candidate, after all of this, if they're elected, could possibly unify the country again with people being so fired up and so heated about who they like and who they don't like. Margaret Hanna, you raised your hand. Do you want to go first? Yes, I would. Okay. Um, I have to say, I've seen this before. I'm older probably than all of you combined, and that's okay. No, I'm, I'm fine. Don't think but I'm fine. when you said this may be the first time we've ever seen this kind of thing, I think you're like 500 <clears throat> years old. But uh, <laughs> let's not go that far. Um, let me just say, it was interesting to me. I was fortunate enough to attend the Maine State uh, Convention a couple of weeks ago, and when the keynote speaker spoke, there was screaming from the people and you know, traitor, sellout, things like that. You're talking about Barney Frank's speech? Barney Frank's speech. And it was interesting because I had a flashback. Now, this is going to show you how old I am. A flashback to 1966. I'm in college. We had a guest speaker from the West Coast whose name was Mario Savio. I don't know if any of you have ever heard of him, but he was the beginner of the Berkeley Free Speech, which in turn led to Students for a Democratic Society and created the very beginning of Vietnam marches. When he came and spoke in front of us, before he said a word or anything about what he wanted to actually speak on, he said, quote, enthusiasm is no excuse for rudeness or bad behavior. And I must say, watching Nevada, watching what happened at the protest last night, I keep thinking, it's probably partly an age thing, that it keeps running through my head. There is no excuse, no matter who you support, for bad manners, for rudeness, or for any type of violence. Anyone else want to weigh in on that? Well, uh, well I, ha I have to. Uh, this is Betsy Gerald, and I just have to say that I, I agree. I mean, I, the Green Party it is one of our ten key values: nonviolence. But when I watched the Nevada, uh, the video that I saw of the Nevada, I just a chill went down my back when the brown shirts showed up in front of the. Um, are you talking Stage. about the riot police? Yeah, well, yeah. I, I just, 
that institute that all I could think of was institutional violence and what that that really is uh, like it, it was it was terrifying to me to see that kind of suppression of of it looked to be suppression of free speech even even rude free speech and and so that was very concerning to me anyone else have any thoughts um, really Bob yeah just you were talking about Trump and it kind of got into a little bit of the belligerent side of the Democratic Party, but um, these people that are going to the Trump rallies, and I don't understand how you could be so offended that you won't let a person come to a certain city saying they don't won't allow him in our city and uh, throwing stones at cop cars, lighting fires, do, you know, doing all this stuff just because someone has come to speak. And where's free speech gone when it gets to that point when you, you can't even let somebody speak, whether you agree with them or not? Anybody have any hopes for people coming together after all of this? And no one said anything about what candidate might be able to pull people together. Is it? And the, and the two main leader leading candidates have like record-setting unfavorability ratings. So who are you talking about? Clinton and Trump. Oh, both. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, this is, um, this Renee, is Renee, and um, <clears throat> I had a thought when you first brought it up. I thought, boy, uh, President Obama had a perfect opportunity to bring people together, but we have seen exactly the opposite, and it seems like he's in collusion with the media to keep people divided, and, you know, you've heard the old adage, divide and conquer, and I think that's what's going on. Yeah, just uh, go ahead and jump okay. in whenever this you is, want. I'm jumping in. It's We're, Margaret. Um, I hear what you're saying. I think it must be awful to be elected president and the day you're walking in for your first day on the job, the other party leader says, we will do everything in our power to make sure he's never reelected. I think he has had an incredibly difficult situation with the bipartisanship or lack thereof in the Congress. And so for that, I think he's done a very, very good job in so many ways, but I think he had a tough road to hoe when you consider that Mitch McConnell made that comment before he even sat in the White House. I, I, I just think it, it, it's, the, it's, it's a, it, this, this is, is a problem, Hill. this is a Betsy again, and, and this is a problem that goes way, way back, and it's the oligarchs dividing us. I have a friend who served in the Maine State Legislature, and, and, and his one, one thing he said to me that will always stick with me is that when the hippies and the rednecks realize that they're getting, and he used a word I can't use on the radio, by the same people... <laughs> then we'll have the revolution. And that's the thing. It, it is a divide and conquer. I think it was Renee that said it's divide and conquer mentality. And, and, and the folks in power are very, very good at it. Mm, Carolyn Shute wrote a, wrote a great book about that, something on Heartbreak Lane. Or, yeah. Oh, yeah. Looks like John is taking a call, so I don't want to get into another question. But uh, uh, we're going to go to MJ in Belfast, and then Tim wants to weigh in next. So we're going to hear from Bernie Supporter. Then Bernie Supporter, I suspect. Welcome, MJ. Hi, thanks. I wanted to weigh in on the whole unity thing. I think it was a very um, adversarial choice to have Bernie uh, Frank, Barney Frank, as the keynote for Hillary because, um, in terms of wanting to unify the party, he's been vilifying Bernie for months and he's been baiting um, Sanders supporters. And yes, we need civility. But he, after his comment about enthusiasm not being an excuse for incivility, he then next told us that Hillary would be the nominee, and um, basically he was saying, and we better get used to it, and he uh, said that he didn't know why we would have a problem with that, where her policies were similar to Bernie's. I am paraphrasing, but um, th I heard people yell out death penalty, fracking, regi regime change, Honduras, um, huge differences between Bernie supporters and, um, and Hillary. And I want to say that this election cycle is not over, and although she seems to think it is, she made a promise to do four debates, and that was a, a deal that she made with the Bernie Sanders campaign back before New Hampshire. You know, we know that Debbie Wasserman Schultz limited the number of debates, and, uh, but then as Hillary was failing, they scheduled another debate before New Hampshire. She requested that, and Bernie said, sure, I'll do that with you, but in exchange, four debates. And one of them, the last one, was going to be in California. So she doesn't think that she needs to do that. It's very, very, um, it's insulting. This is a campaign that's still happening, an election season. And also we had the Hillary Victory Fund established last August when there were six people running 
and our state, along with about 30 others, signed on, and our uh, county uh, people and our delegates and superdelegates pledged to Hillary back in August of last year. And that money from the, our state went, it raised more money for it was supposed to be for down-ballot Democrats, but instead 99% of that money has gone to the Hillary Clinton uh, campaign. And we shouldn't have had a Hillary victory fund back in August anyway, when six people were running. So if Bernie Sanders supporters are angry, we have good reason. Thank you. I'll hang up. Bye-bye. Okay. Th thank you, MJ. And I'm going to actually start taking a little tally like I've done the last couple of shows of who's of who the callers are going to vote for. So I'm going to put MJ down in the Bernie category. Uh, Patrick, I know you're there. Hang tight. We'll get to you in just a second. I want to give uh, Tim a chance, Tim Wilson, a chance to weigh in on this. Well, I was going to say that uh, as far as bringing people together, there's only one candidate out there that's been calling for people to come together consistently. Only one. Hillary characterizes the Republicans as her enemies. Uh, Trump wants to build walls, says various things about various groups and separates them, but you have one guy out there saying, together we can change things, come together, and that's Bernie Sanders. And he's also got, a, he's an independent, the longest serving independent in the Congress. He's worked with both sides of the aisle. <laughs> he's worked with both sides of the aisle to pass numerous amendments and pieces of legislation. So I, uh, I think, you know, Bernie's the only one that has a prayer of bringing people together. All right, let's take Patrick's call, and then uh, Margaret looks like she wants to weigh in next. Go ahead, Patrick. Hello. Hey, Patrick, you there? Yes. All right. I was trying to listen and talk at the same time. Um, I have a question. Uh, well, two things I'd like to pose is that uh, in the vein that uh, Bernie is quasi-Democrat, and I'm Bernie all the way, is Donald Trump, does he really uh, represent the Republican Party? And maybe a conservative could... Or you all could speak to that. I, I, my impression is he's in his own party, um, and th that uh, that uh, the uh, qualifications for being president. I think Bernie was 26 years in the Senate, is it? And 74 years old. He's been around. I think he's qualified. All right. Thanks for your call, Patrick. We're gonna. Uh, Margaret wanted to weigh in on what the last caller had to say. We'll let her do that before we have our two Republican slash Libertarian folks, if they want to weigh in on your question, and then we'll get to your call, yo. So thanks for hanging tight, Margaret. Okay, go ahead. it's Margaret again, and this is both in terms of Tim and what the last caller just said. Thirty-nine senators in uh, the current Senate have endorsed Hillary. One has endorsed Bernie. Um, those are people who have worked up close and personal. And in doing some preparation and reading, um, one of the things that I picked up on, and I believe it was from a New York Times article, is Bernie is more of a lone wolf. He has no reputation for leadership. And I'm not going to question his reputation for leadership. But if you think about it, and Tim, I think the last time we were together, you actually mentioned it. I think a year ago, if you had said Bernie Sanders, everybody would have said, who is he? This has moved very fast in the last 10 months, and I think it's wonderful, and I do think that Hillary's goal is to unite the party and to unite the electorate. All right. Uh, Renee uh, Trust or Billy Bob Falkingham, either one of you want to weigh in on the... Yeah, this is Renee. I'm, I'm sure Billy Bob wants to weigh in too, but um, I just wanted to point out that Trump himself has said that uh, the Republican Party is no longer um, conservative. That better? Yes. <laughs> that um, I'm just moving my and, and you know the Republican Party has been trying to reject conservatives <laughs> since time immemorial, and uh, did the same thing to the Libertarians. It's not you know they say they're the big tent, but I have I have felt rejected on a lot of levels. I I came in on I came into the Republican Party through the Tea Party. You know, I feel that our government is too big. I, I feel like we are taxed enough already. Our debt and deficit is huge. And that we've got to bring rein that in, you know. And we can't afford it. It's unsustainable. And, um, you know, that's why I'm a conservative. That's why I have a libertarian thread running through me. That's, that's you know, and that's what the Tea Party was all about. And um, I have felt, you know, I had to fight to stay in the Republican Party. That's just, you know, from my own personal experience. And, um, and now I'm in, and I'm very busy trying to support 
really great candidates like like Billy Bob. We've already mentioned Bruce Poliquin. He's got the fight of his life ahead of him. And, um, you know, thank God we have him in there for CD2. You know, he's uh, he's put in his voice about the uh, state park. And I know we're, we're going to get to local issues at a different time. But, you know, the the... The party has gone away from the conservatives. So, um, what was the question again? <laughs> um, I, well, I think you kind. Of, I think that you kind of answered it. And we've got a couple callers waiting, but okay. let me just let Billy Bob weigh in. Um, and yeah, yeah, that was a that was a good question. And, and then we're going to go to you. Um, just to go back to it, the question was: Does Trump represent the Republican right. Party? Um, my answer to that would be that. In most of the primaries, 60 to 70 percent of Republicans had voted against Trump. And, uh, you know, everybody does this endorsement where they pledge to endorse the candidate. Well, I know that seemed like it was pretty up in the air, and Trump is the only one that it looks like isn't going to have to, you know, say whether he would have endorsed anyone else or not, because I kind of question whether he would have, especially the way he was acting there towards the end of the Cruz campaign. Yeah, you've got a person with absolutely no political track record at all to go on what he's going to do. Uh, Yo, thanks for being so patient. I hope you're still there. Good afternoon. This is Yo. Fascinating as the electoral media circus is, what a lot of listeners are more interested in is what is going to happen when one of these maniacs gets into the White House. Thank you for putting on this program. And thank you to everyone for supporting Community Radio. Okay, and before we weigh in on that, let's go to Ian, who has been waiting as well. Welcome to the program, Ian. Oh, and I didn't ask you, but I think last time he was voting none of the above. I'm going to put your vote in that column again this time, unless you call back and let me know differently, Yo, Saren. Uh, Ian, are you there? Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Welcome to the I'm program. I'm doing well. Yeah, um, I just wanted to weigh in. Um, I... <clears throat> In um, just weighing all the candidates, I personally feel that Hillary Clinton is probably the worst candidate for the job. I would vote for Bernie Sanders, but I don't think that he's going to win because I think that the DNC has done its best to thwart his his efforts. But I think he's done a good good job running a campaign, and I think that he's involved a lot of people in a progressive you know, a, a reawakening in populist and progressive movements. And I think that's really what's important. And I think that's really what's going on, even with Trump. Um, you know, there's people frustrated on whether they're conservatives or Democrats with uh, with what's going on in the government. And um, I tend to lean liberal, but I think there's people that lean conservative that are equally as frustrated with the insiders. And I think there's a lot of malicious activity going on as far as uh, world geopolitics and war and Clinton has claimed Kissinger as her mentor, which is a pretty scary thing. So, anyway, that's all. And before you go, do you want me, um, can I put your uh, check mark next to one of the candidates in my very, very unscientific Well, I'm voting for Jill Stein, I guess, so Green Party. Here we go. All right. Thanks. Thanks for calling, Ian. Thank you, guys. Have a good day. You too. And listeners, if you're just joining us, this is Maine Currents on WERU, and we are talking about the upcoming presidential elections with a multi-partisan crew here in the studio. Uh, once again, my guests are Renee Trust, Billy Bob Falkingham, both of whom are identifying as libertarian-leaning Republicans, Democrats, Margaret Hanna, who supports Hillary Clinton, and Tim Wilson, who is a Bernie supporter, and Betsy Geralt, who is a Green, who is supporting their likely nominee, although not yet, Dr. Jill Stein. And uh, we do have another caller coming in. I, I do want, while we're waiting for that call to come through, though, uh, thank Mike Joyce, one of our program hosts here who does Boat Talk and uh, uh, the Barefoot Blues Hour, who loaned me a book that I just finished reading yesterday called The Deep State, The Fall of the Constitution and the Rise of a Shadow Government by Mike Lofgren. He's a former Republican aide who worked with Reagan and was an aide to Kasich, among others, over a 28-year career. Uh, the book just came out. The picture that he uh, pro that he paints is an extremely um, not an optimistic one by any means. He's basically critical of both the Republicans and the Democrats and the party apparatus, um, and he says that the part that 
we get to vote on is sort of the tip of a visible tip of an iceberg, that the real power is completely unseen. He uh, says, you know, what I think probably a lot of our listeners and people in this room think, that really there's way too much corporate control, that they are in charge, that all of these national and international security agencies have a ton of power behind the scenes as well. And Silicon Valley, he names too, and questions how much they're really cooperating in terms of handing things over without contesting it to... um, to the corporations and the powers that be. He also says that military and military contractors have tons of power behind the scenes and cannot be influenced at all. Uh, One of his suggestions is that all private money be removed from the presidential campaigns and that the campaigns be limited in length to a period of maybe four or six weeks, that they can't start advertising before that, that we wouldn't be going through all of this. So I'd like to hear your thoughts about that, but I think we do have a caller who is waiting, so we'll get back to that. Catherine, are you there? Yes, I am, and remember what Mark Twain said, if voting counted, they wouldn't let us do it. And I think what is happening with this race especially is those in power are really taking the temperature of uh, people's feelings in this race. Um, the Bilderbergs are going to meet soon. I don't know if ever, any of you have ever heard of the Bilderbergs, but they're a very powerful group uh, on this planet. And uh, last year, the last one they had, well, it's every year, but the last one they had when Obama came in again, or I guess it was actually eight years ago, Hillary and Obama both went, and we know who came out, Obama. So the Bilderbergs are very important, and I would just like to ask, if you're going to ask me who I'm going to vote for, I have no idea. Maybe Gandhi, I have no idea. Maybe Jesus, <laughs> you know, really. It's also ridiculous. I, I, I do the local thing. I think that's really important. But my big question is to the Bernie Sanders passionates, if Bernie doesn't get the nomination, are you all going to just go with that criminal Hillary who enables her husband to have all these sex crimes? And, I mean, all the things behind Hillary, Vince uh, Foster, everything. Are, are you blaming Hillary Clinton for her husband's indiscretions, Catherine? I'm saying that she just turns her face, and she enables him. She just turns away. But anyway, um, and she may give him an important, you know, important position. But I'd like to know, are the Bernie Sanders people just going to go stay with Democrats and just give their support to Hillary? That's my major question. Actually, polls suggest that somewhere between 50 and 70 percent of the um, of the Bernie supporters are, especially the young and more liberal ones, are not going to go over to Hillary Clinton. That's according to a poll from oh, the last couple of days. What will, what will so, they do? But let's let's well, uh, she's asking specifically the Bernie supporters. A Bernie supporter in the studio right now is Tim Thank Wilson. You. So let's let him answer that. Thank you, Catherine, for calling. And I'll put you down for the undecided category, which I just started. Well, the uh, short answer to your question is no. I think every time I've talked to a Hillary supporter, they said they would get behind Bernie. So I think the percentage of Hillary people that would support Bernie is very large. The people, number of people that are Bernie supporters that would get behind Hillary is very small. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't be at all surprised if it was less than half of the Bernie supporters. I would expect that they will either not vote at all or go over to the Greens. Um, According to New York Times yesterday, uh, it says, um, this is a quote, Mrs. Clinton nonetheless struggles because of her inability to consolidate the independent-leaning young liberal supporters of Mr. Sanders. The most recent wave of national surveys shows Mrs. Clinton winning just 55 to 72 percent of of Mr. Sanders' supporters. She's faring far worse among young and liberal voters than one would expect, end quote. Margaret Hanna, Hillary Clinton supporter, I know that you are dying to jump in here. I'm not dying to jump in, but I'd like to jump in. You look like you were going to. Okay. Okay. Well, first off, um, I would say say to Catherine, um, I really have a problem talking about other people's marriages. Um, I am not sure I want to hear anything about Donald Trump's marriages. (laughs) And I really think what happens between a couple is between the couple. And to make a judgment on anyone for their marriage, I find, particularly for something highest office in the land. But the other thing I want to ask the panel, I've been doing a lot of reading, and a lot of the people who say they will not support Hillary have said because they don't feel she's honest and is she trustworthy. My question is really two-pointed. One, if you feel that way, why? And why has Bernie Sanders... Donald Trump never been asked about being 
trustworthy or honest. Only Hillary has been given that rap. I'd like to know why Hillary has it, the two men don't, and how you feel about it. I think Trump has been questioned. I don't know about Bernie Sanders, but Trump's honesty, I think, is, is pretty much constantly in question. Uh, you were going to jump in here, Betsy. Did you, Betsy Garrell, did you well, want to say something? I, yeah, I just, I've kind of lost it because I have a reply to that last question, but um, I, I think it's just because Bernie's been very, very consistent over the years. I mean, his, his, his positions haven't changed, and I think that's probably why he doesn't, I'm not sure it's a it's a sexist thing. It might be. Well, and Trump doesn't have a political track and, record. And Trump has no political track right. record. So so I think that may be why the, the questions. But um, I, this, this race has been very good for the Green Party. It really has. I mean, I've been following a lot of threads on social media, and, and there really are a lot of Bernie supporters who who either will stay home or will vote for, for whoever our candidate is, and it's likely to be Jill Stein. So, so I think this is going to be a real good year for the Greens, and, and that's, that's a relative thing. A real good year for the Greens is like 5 to 6%. So. Well, I want to actually work in the Libertarians here, too, but let me give the phone number again, 469-0500, if you'd like to join the discussion here on Main Currents today. Again, 469-0500. Uh, Billy Bob Falkingham, Renee Trust, either one of you want to say anything about Sure. Uh, the libertarians who are running? Oh, I, th I was going to respond to Margaret. Okay, go, go for that. it, and then we'll have uh, um, maybe Renee will jump yeah, in the and quest have a question. The, the question was uh, what are Bernie Sanders supporters going to do, and what she did was took one little bit of that woman's comment um, about um, her husband's affairs and made it like it was a personal attack on, on Hillary and, and pretty much just tur turned the whole whole thing around and tried to frame it in a in a different way but um, the issue with trust in Clinton is pretty clear I mean the woman said she was under sniper fire in Bosnia and CBS was there welcoming her on the tarmac um, she up until uh, as recently as I think four years ago said that uh, marriage is between a man and a woman and didn't support gay marriage she's you know, on a whole host of issues, there's there's things where her um, trust is definitely, you know, come into play. And it's not, uh, you don't try to frame it as like it's a personal attack. There's Renee, did you want to jump in there and, on either of these things that we've been Well, discussing? yeah, I wanted to go back to Yo. Didn't Yo have a question? And the question was... What are they going to do once they... Yeah. One of them gets in there, yeah. yeah. Um, well, I, I, I wanted to respond to that a little bit. I'm not, I don't have a crystal ball, but, I, I, you know, every single day I have Republicans coming up to me and they're, you know, they're, they're getting behind Trump. And I don't know how they psychically know that I'm not behind Trump, but they do. And they come up to me and they say, you know, you have to go vote for Trump because... If not, you know, you know how bad Hillary is. And um, to them, I say, you know, I actually I do know how bad Hillary is. Um, the problem is I don't know how bad Trump is. He's the wild card. And it's not like I'm going to rush out and vote for Hillary either. But I think if she does end up being the next president, one thing that's going to happen, as it did with her husband, is that the um, Republicans will hold her accountable. And she will moderate. And um, at least this way we know, you know, we know what we're going to get with her. Uh, if, Trump, if Trump gets in office, all bets are off. You know, we could withstand maybe Hillary. You know, we can slow her down. But, um, you know, with Trump, you know, all bets are off. I just, I just don't understand. I, now... Um, well, no, I've lost track. What was the... That's uh, okay. We've actually gotten okay. through all <laughs> right. several different things. I'm going to... But if you, if anything comes back to you all yeah. and you want to jump in, we don't have to do this in sort of a linear kind of way. We can go back to questions that were asked earlier. I just grabbed one of the questions. I had you all fill out little scraps of paper and put them in the watering can with things that you'd like to ask each other. And... Uh, they're not identified by who is asking them. But uh, one of you would like people to comment on national debt and deficit, $20 trillion and counting unsustainable trajectory, and what does 
and at what point does that become too much? Anyone want to jump in there? Betsy's grabbing a microphone. Oh, yeah, because, I mean, the national debt is, and, and, I, and I'm all for, for, for having a government that is the right size, but the national debt is largely on the back of the military-industrial complex and the unfunded wars. And, if, and, and until we get that under control, um, we're never going to, to decrease the deficit. And so we need someone who is truly a peace candidate, and Jill Stein is, is the one of two um, candidates that is truly talking about stopping the un, uncontrolled growth of the military-industrial complex, as Eisenhower, a very good Republican, once said. Anyone else want to weigh in on that? I, could I go back to something that Billy Bob yeah. said? Um, he talked about her, uh, Hillary Margaret being, Hanna. I'm sorry, Margaret Hanna. Um, he talked about her being anti-gay uh, marriage. She was in favor of civil unions. And then she, when same-sex marriage came up, she supported it. But she was in favor of civil unions, just not making it marriage at that point. So I would just say that was sort of some growth on her part. The only other thing that I would mention, and we've sort of talked around it, but um, I can't fathom a Trump candidacy. Absolutely cannot. I think it's frightening. I think having literally a bully in the pulpit is not going to be great for our country. All right. We've got other calls coming in. One phone line still open if you'd like to be next up on deck. The number is 469-0500. Jay, welcome to the program. This is Jay from Prospect. Are you Hi. there? Hey. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing great. What do you think? You know, I think that we need to step back from those three people that are trying to claw themselves to the top, spending millions of dollars, billions of dollars, matter of fact, that could be used very much better than just trying to get a menial job up top. I think what the people need to do is look at their senators and representatives on both sides of the aisle that have been sitting on their hands for the last eight years, and maybe then things will change. All That's right. I have to say. Do you mind, uh, do you want to vote in my very unscientific poll, uh, say who no. you would be voting for? <laughs> I have no opinion on either one of those. Oh, okay. All three of them. So put you down for none? None. All right. Thank you for calling, Jay. You're welcome. Again, the number is 469-0500 if you'd like to join us here on Main Currents today. I'm Amy Brown. I'm joined in the studio by Renee Trust and Billy Bob Balkingham, libertarian-leaning Republicans, Democrats Margaret Hanna and Tim Wilson, one each for uh, Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton, and Betsy Gerald, a Green, who is leaning towards supporting Dr. Jill Stein if she becomes the nominee for the Green Party, which is still not I'll decided. I'll vote for whoever is the candidate of the Green Party. All right. And Heather from MDI, you're next up on the line. Thanks for joining us. Hi. Thanks. Um, I hope that I'm coming through okay, because I just heard you on my radio again for a second. Yeah, you sound good. Okay, great. Um, I just wanted to say that I'm definitely a Bernie Sanders supporter, um, and I'm really not sure what will happen if he doesn't win the Democratic um, nom nomination. Um, and I'd just like to kind of give a rally cry for people who are fearful of a Trump uh, presidency and thinking that Hillary is the way to go for that. Um, I feel like this is a very much calculated scare tactic that's being used to get us to vote for the lesser of two evils, which is something that is just in our um, cultural collective consciousness. It's a saying that we've said for years and years and years. And I think that voting for the lesser of two evils is actually a very, very dangerous thing. And every year, the lesser of two evils gets more evil. So we're all really a bunch of boiling frogs, and they're slowly turning up the water. Meanwhile, we have Bernie Sanders, who's been a very consistent um, legislator and um, governor for years and years and years and years um, and done fabulous things and stayed true to his word, which is to kind of respond to why why is Hillary's trustworthiness a question. Um, there's very many reasons, but I'd like to focus more on the positive, which is you have a tried and true candidate who's stood by their word without a president 
presidency um, at stake. So um, I think that it's probably one of the most exciting elections in my lifetime because there's actually a candidate that people could get excited about. And I think that this is the second election um, process in recent history, the, I guess the third, the first two being Obama's uh, first two um, candidacies, uh, where the whole world is watching. And they're really hoping that we pick the right candidate, the progressive candidate that's going to bring us to the consciousness of the rest of the world, where the majority of socialized countries have uh, universal health care as a human right, uh, free education, which makes them leaping ahead of us by quantum measures uh, as far as being competitive in every aspect. Um, so, yeah, health care, education, uh, you know, parental leave, workers' rights, we're really falling behind. And um, Hillary is just establishment. And Donald Trump, well, he's a, he's a kook. He is just a... He's the base level of our our entire culture, and um, I don't re I don't really fear for his candidacy either way. But lastly, I guess I would just point out the fact that even a pretty middle of the road polling agency like Rutgers um, or Reuters, sorry, shows that Bernie Bernie would clobber Trump in comparison to Hillary. So I guess this is just a rally cry, and um, I think there's lots of aspects and layers that we have to look at, and I think that it would behoove us not to, not to go with fear this time and to actually go with our, our hearts. I think Obama's two presidencies actually, even though I don't think he lived up to his promises, I think it shows you that the majority of the country really wants change, and the people that have voted for him are really disappointed because he hasn't been able to get things done um, for what, many reasons. But anyways, I'm carrying on, and that's how I feel, and I hope to hear your comments. Great. Thank you for calling, Heather. We're going to go ahead and take a call from uh, Wade in Lincolnville quickly and then let the guests in the studio uh, weigh in. Welcome to the program, Wade. Thank you. Um, gosh, there's so many things. If I can just keep my head focused here. Um, one of the things I think is a big problem that we've had, and thank goodness, for people like you in the media this is great media but i feel that the media has really been a disservice to bernie and and they've really been all about trump 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 um you don't see anything you see all these things going on and, and um about trump but you see nothing with, with bernie i think that's a disservice and that's an issue we have but there's so many other aspects and, and to answer your question right off the bat i would vote democrat i have my preference but um, I would go either way because, I mean, the way things are going, it's, it's scary to think what would happen if Trump got in. Um, and one of the things that kind of worries me and that I'm scared of is we talk about how the people, some of the millennials and whatnot, are not going to vote for um, Hillary. They'll only go, only go for Bernie. And so we're starting to see this Green Party come in. And, and those of us in Maine know that that can be uh, a problem, that if we have too many other people going in, and then somebody who we don't vote for ends up getting in. So that kind of worries me that people are so alienated away from Hillary, which I think a big part of that also was the media. So, I mean, the GOP and, and, and then the GOP media itself has done a great job of, of slamming her over and over again. So anyway, All that's right. my feeling. Thank you for your call, Wade. Yep. All right, Margaret. I found this very interesting. Um, there's a PolitiFact, which is totally level, no favorites. And it was interesting to me. I'm going to start with Trump. I'm going to give you the percent very quickly. Um, this is in terms of truth-telling. In terms of what he says being true or mostly true, the total is 8% of the time. Uh, the percent for Hillary, true or mostly true, is 50% of the time. The percent for Bernie, true or mostly true, 50%. Let me go to the bottom. Pants on fire, that means whoosh, not even close. 18 for Trump, two for Hillary, 12 for Sanders. All right, anybody else want to weigh in on this? Yeah, really I don't trust? know what I'm weighing in on particularly, but I think, you know, <laughs> I'm, you want to say. I'm like three questions back <laughs> or something. Um, but, you know, something that 
hasn't been brought up, and I think it was asked, was about, you know, the Libertarians. And, you know, I think their their convention is this weekend, and um, they have three top contenders. They have f- several candidates, I think, but there's the there's Gary Johnson, there's um, um, McAfee, and somebody that I've been looking at is Austin Peterson, who I find to be a pretty fascinating candidate. And um, and I you know I'm, I realize none of these will uh, probably be elected, but um, but I think it's worth hearing what they have to say. So and Gary Johnson, I, as I was telling you, I hadn't didn't know anything about him. I was reading yeah. up a little bit beforehand because you mentioned libertarians, and he's the one that I got to. He's extremely socially liberal, legalizing marijuana, same sex yeah. marriage is fine. He's fiscally conservative. That's what yeah. I was able to find out about him as. Governor, former governor of New Mexico, I believe. You know, those are those are libertarian tenants, and and you know, libertarians are a lot like cats, and um, we don't all necessarily do agree. And I wouldn't consider myself, in particular, a purist. Um, however, um, you know, like in terms of legalizing drugs, you know, that's not like my first issue. I I'm open-minded enough to look at it, you know, because I I was just looking into that a little bit in Spain and Portugal, and it's actually been successful um, to an extent. And uh, what are we doing putting people in jail who are just addicted, you know? Um, We could maybe, uh, just like they do in Spain and Portugal, uh, incarcerate the dealers, but not the people who are addicted and offer them help instead. So, Anyone else have anything they want to add before I pull another question out of the watering can? Tim? Tim Wilson? Yeah, I think uh, I just want to chime in here about what change means. I mean, for many, many people, and certainly in the Bernie camp and in the Green camp, we're very closely aligned in terms of what people want. They want health, they want peace, and they want prosperity. Sorry, pounding the table. (laughs) Health, peace, and prosperity. And they are voting for that. They can't vote against things. And we learned back in 2004... Everyone was, oh, we've got to team up, you know, because Kerry wants a stronger America and John Kerry, you know. So all the Greens, get behind Kerry, you know. Everybody get behind Kerry because we've got to defeat Bush. Lost. So voting out of fear is not a motivator. Voting for something is a motivator. And if you have values, and the millennials have very strong sense of values, they're very well-educated, they're very well-informed people, they're made out to be young kids, but they have access, have had access their entire life to more information than we ever had as kids. And they get a lot of their information from the internet. It's a free flow of information and a much wider range of opinions than what we're exposed to often in the mainstream media. I also just want to say in the mainstream media, the number I saw for Trump's free, uh, free press, basically, was worth about $2 billion. Right. Well, there's some speculation that some of the outrageous things he does, I mean, he's very TV savvy. He's a Mm -hmm. reality TV guy that some of the things he says, the reason why he contradicts himself five minutes later a lot of the times is because either way you get the media attention. Uh, Louie from Belfast, welcome to the program. Hello. Hey, what's on your mind? Well, a comment on the libertarians who are having their their, uh, convention this weekend, I believe, in Florida. Uh, William Weld has uh, been chosen as uh, Gary Johnson's running mate. And he was a two-term governor of Massachusetts at one time. They seem to be putting together a pretty pretty powerful team now, and they're rising rapidly in the polls. They're up to over 10% now against, uh, against Hillary and uh, Trump. Is there a, a libertarian party in Maine? Did they already have, like, their Maine convention? Or? Yeah, they did. They did, okay. Yep. All right. So should I put you down in the category of my very unscientific poll for libertarians, Louis? So what what would you like to know? I'm just put, trying to mark down who who the callers would potentially vote for. So should I put you down in the libertarian category, or do you know well, who you support? I, 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 will, I will put it this way. My, my first choice is Bernie. But if not Bernie, then Gary and William. All right. Um, Louis, this is Betsy. Do you, are they going to actually be on the ballot in, in Maine? Because I had understood that they hadn't gotten their ballot status, and I'm, people across the room are shaking their heads at me. So. Yeah, Renee yeah, saying no. Well, right. I, yeah. I, I don't know. I know that four years ago, Gary Johnson was on the ballot in almost all 50 states. And well, I understand he's in the, on the ballot in something like 45 of them now and may, will hopefully be on the ballot in Maine as well. Yeah. I don't know if he is now or not. Well, uh, yeah, okay. Thanks. 
Okay. Th thank you for your call, Louie. Did you have anything else you wanted to add? No, no, that was it. All right. Thanks for calling in. Uh, we have time to take maybe one or two more calls before we wrap up here at the most, I think. The number is 469-0500. It's Maine Currents on WERU. Uh, the next thing I pulled out of the watering can was not a question about the presidential election, so I'm going to reach in there and grab a different one. Um, but we can get back to this later. It's about Acadia National Park in Winter Harbor. And um, I don't think any of the presidential candidates probably have any idea what that's about. Um, campaign finance reform. Well, we can do that in like three minutes or less, right? Sure. <laughs> uh, John is writing down the name of the next caller who's on the line, but keep this in mind as the next thing up on deck if we have time to get to it. And I kind of mentioned that earlier as well. But Christopher Belfast is on the line. We want to go to his call. Welcome to the program, Christopher. Thank you. Um, I've been a lifelong Democrat. I uh, had the pleasure of voting in my first presidential election for Jimmy Carter, and I voted Democrat across the board ever since. And a year ago, um, I was very much in favor of Bernie, but I thought, well, if he, if he, if he doesn't make it, I'll go for Hillary. And uh, I no longer feel that way. It's, um, the more I've learned about Bernie and the more I've learned about Hillary, I... Um, I, I just I, I can't see myself voting for her at all, and um, I get a lot of flack for that um, because it's uh, one of your callers uh, or, or panelists uh, mentioned. I think um, that voting out of fear is is not a worthwhile vote, and I feel like my vote is my own singular voice, and it represents my values and my moral core, and to throw it away or give it to somebody who I don't think deserves it or earned it is really not what voting is about. And I, I believe that win or lose, you should vote for whomever shares your values and beliefs. And, and this, I guess that's it. But I, I'm obviously, I'm a Bernie supporter and um, I'm uh, very hopeful for, for his success. Thank you for your call, Christopher. Thank you. And uh, all right, anybody want to jump in? We had campaign finance reform or react to what Christopher said or anything else that's on your Well, what, what Christopher said, I, I think this is Renee, I, I think he just contradicted himself because he just said that he votes up and down the Democrat ticket no matter what, but yet voting um, represents his moral core. I mean, how can that be? I mean, I, I vote for my moral core, but I don't stay loyal to a particular party at all. I mean, I, I really look at um, candidates before I'll give them my vote. Mm -hmm. I think what he's saying is that things are changing a little bit, shifting yeah. forward now, but if you want to call back in, Christopher, and clarify that, feel free to. Um, Betsy Gerald, you're grabbing the mic. I've, I've been voting uh, in Maine. Um, exactly. Actually, the first time I voted was on my 18th birthday. It happened to be town town meeting day, so I got to vote on my 18th birthday. But, but I've been voting in Maine since you used to be able to check a big box at the top of the ballot and vote a straight Republican or a straight Democratic ticket. And so I, I think that's kind of somewhere in the DNA of Maine voters is that they do vote straight tickets. Um, and and uh, although you'll hear more and more people nowadays say, no, I vote for the person, like you're saying, Renee, but but uh, but there is that kind of core main value of voting straight tickets. So I didn't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> Billy Bob, you're moving close to your microphone. You have something to say there? Um, yeah, it was just kind of refreshing to hear that guy say that he uh, voted a straight Democratic ticket his whole life, but was willing not to this time. Oh. Uh, it's good to hear something like that. Because a guy a, a few callers ago said that he didn't want to vote for Hillary, but he was terrified of Trump. And if uh, people just always vote for one of two choices, then that's all you're ever going to get is two choices. Mm. Um, you know, people get so scared of the opposition that they don't really care who they're voting for. And the reality is, I think a lot of times that. Um, you know, when presidential elections happen, you have these huge turnouts. You know, like in my town, 150 people will show up at a presidential turnout. You know, you're talking about two electoral votes in the second congressional district, which isn't going to change a thing. But the next year, when it's a, a select bend vote, 32 people show up. Mm. And that person's going to have a lot more impact on your life than a president, you know, presidential Absolutely. election. But people just don't yeah. think that way. Um, also, I might like to add is everybody um, just 
thinks there's two choices. You know, I talked to one of the smartest people I know in my life, my aunt tonight, and uh, she asked me if I was a Trump supporter because she probably wouldn't talk to me again. And I said, <laughs> no, are you voting for Hillary? And she said, she just looked at me and was uh, said, what other option do I have? <laughs> and it's really frustrating as someone who follows politics and thousands of people go to the polls every four years to vote for president. Do they look at the ballots? Because there's always six, seven, eight people on these ballots that have worked hard. Thousands of people have gone out there getting signatures and people go to the ballot and don't even look at them. It's just time for people to start waking up is is my take on that. Well, I'm getting the signal that we have five minutes left to the program, which means that each of you gets one minute to um, come up with your final thoughts, last things that you'd like to say. Um, we started off with Betsy with introductions, so I'm going to start off with Margaret Hanna for closing, closing remarks. Closing remarks, closing yes. remarks. Well, I started my beginning remarks with saying I, I am supporting Hillary because I think she is the most qualified candidate for presidency in modern times. The other side of that is I think Donald Trump is the least qualified candidate that has ever walked across an electoral stage. I am voting for Hillary, not against anyone. I am voting for Hillary, not out of fear, because I don't have any fear of her. I think she would do a wonderful job. The one thing we did not talk about at all is women's health rights and reproductive rights. And I know Hillary has been there since the very beginning as a woman. It's very important to me. For other women, it should be important for them, too. Last thing I will say, and I'll make it quick, those of you who don't get the candidate you want for office in terms of the election coming up, vote. No matter what, vote. Tim knows I say this all the time. People have died for our democracy. Don't just walk away from it. Vote. Thank you. Renee Trust. Yep. Hi, this is Renee, and I'm going to uh, wholeheartedly agree with Margaret on that one. Oh, Renee, that's yes, nice. everybody go vote. And please also, everybody, if you can, get involved in the political process. We have the best political process in, in the world, though not perfect, um, and it's there for you. I mean, if you want to have your voice heard, you can do it. And, and uh, I would encourage everybody to get involved. Uh, and then I'll pass it over because I know we have no more time. All right. One one minute thought, Billy Bob Falkingham. Yeah, just get involved. I mean, don't don't get your head wrapped around um the presidential elections. They're they're great and they're important, but things are more important at your town level and at your you know, congressional level, really. That's who's that's who's gonna go do the talking for you in Washington. All right. I just got to say, no, we have two minutes, so. Okay, so Bernie's supporters, and uh, Tim Wilson is a Bernie supporter, and I say, you know, stand up for what you believe. Uh, that's one of the messages of the Bernie campaign is to stand up and be counted. Uh, the other thing is, is that, you know, either Democratic candidate has 100% uh, rating from Planned Parenthood and is strong on, on women's rights if that's important to you. All right. Thank you. And finally, Betsy Gerald. Yeah. And I would just I just want to and I said this last time, too, <clears throat> if you even if you can't bring yourself to vote for the whoever's at the top of the ticket, even if there are you know five or six of them. And I hope you would vote for Dr. Stein. Um, <clears throat> I, remember the down ticket candidates. I'm working really hard on a on a local um House race in in uh, Waldo County and the person who's running for the Senate in Waldo County and so get out uh, and vote is is really important and I'm glad everyone has said that. All right, and we will pick up this discussion again next month because most of these folks will be here with me. If not next month, we're alternating some people in and out, and we're going to be doing this kind of program right up until the election. Thank you all for joining me today in the studio and to everyone who called and to John Greenman who engineered today's program. And uh, be sure to join us here every Wednesday at 4 o'clock for Main Currents, independent local news, views, and culture. Our next election call-in show, we have theme music? There it is. <laughs> Our next elections call-in show will be on June 22nd, so mark your calendars for that. Because of some vacation issues and things, we won't, we'll only be doing one program in June and in July. Then we'll be back to every other week starting in August. So thanks, everyone. Uh, I'm Amy Brown, and you have been listening to Main Currents on Community Radio WERU-FM, 89.9 Blue Hill, 99.9 Bangor, and streaming online at WERU.org. Stay tuned. We've got Democracy Now! coming up next, and then Larry Stahlberg is in the house to bring you jazz, just jazz, great jazz, right after Democracy Now! Thank you.
Let's take a quick look at the weather for tonight. Chance of thunderstorms and uh, stormy weather. Mostly sunny, though, for the rest of the day. Uh, south and wind around 9 miles an hour. Chance of precipitation is 50%. New rainfall amounts of less than a tenth of an inch, except higher amounts possible in the thunderstorms. Tonight, a chance of showers and uh, thunderstorms before 8 p.m., then a slight chance of showers between 8 p.m. and 10 p.m., mostly cloudy, sunny, and high near 81 tomorrow. Northwest winds 8 to 10 miles an hour. It is almost 58 minutes after the hour of 4. That means it's very, very close to 5 o'clock, which is Amy Goodman, Amy Goodman time and democracy now. Stay tuned. Support for WERU comes from Maine Farmland Trust, a member-supported, nonprofit organization focused on reviving the working landscape and securing a future for farming in Maine. More information on protecting farmland and supporting farmers at mainefarmlandtrust.org. National Native News, the news source with the Native perspective. Hear National Native News on this station. National Native News, Monday through Friday at 6 o'clock, only on Morning Maine. Support for WERU comes from our listeners and from Easterly Wine of Belfast, Maine, an independent enterprise that supports free speech, democracy, and independent media. WERU-FM 89.9 Blue Hill and on the web at WERU.org, presenting diverse music and alternative public affairs. Support for WERU comes from the Maine Organic Farmers and Gardeners Association a nonprofit organization building sustainable communities through sustainable agriculture. Information on events, certification and membership at 568-4142 or mofga.org. <laughs> 